Thanks for listening to the Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Medical School. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Voices of UMass Med podcast. This series takes you behind the scenes of the first and only public academic health sciences center in Massachusetts. We highlight pioneering research, innovative education, and the people of the medical school, from researchers to students in the School of Medicine, Graduate School of Nursing, and Graduate School of Biomedical Sciences, and our leadership. And so with that, here we are kicking off the fourth season of the Voices of UMass Med podcast with the one and only Chancellor Michael F. Collins. Welcome. Thank you. Four years in a row, you're kicking us off. And you also serve as the Senior Vice President for Health Sciences for the University of Massachusetts System. We are delighted once again to have a chance to talk to you. Thank you. It's always nice to uh, be on the podcast. So we sit here on the first day of class for the School of Medicine students. This is always a good time. You just met them. How are you feeling? How are you feeling being in person again? Well, um, I'm nervous. You know, the first day of school always brings nerves. And uh, as I was leaving this morning, Mary Ellen said to me, well, it's the first day of school and had the chance to meet with the first year class. It's uh, wonderful to see all our students back in the classroom. That was a, a very important visual to me. Um, all of our students are vaccinated, so it's a, we believe it's a very safe environment. And honestly, they wanted to be together and worked, you know, assertedly to be sure that all of them would be vaccinated so they could have a, a, a very close and effective learning environment. Right. And so uh, you mentioned vaccination. As the school monitors the impact of the Delta variant, um, in, in many ways, it feels like we're emerging from the pandemic. and and. And yet, how is the medical school positioning for like the safety measures and yet in-person learning? How are you thinking about that? You know, I've that? been, um, at every turn in the pandemic, I've been extremely reluctant to declare victory. And I think the Delta variant shows why that's been a, a, fairly, uh, a fairly good way to approach, uh, um, approach things. Um, we've um, reinstituted the mask uh, wearing on the campus. We think it's a minor thing for people to do to um, provide uh, safety. Um, you know, I, I think about all of our employees, all the people we come in contact with, our students and our staff, we, I want for them to have as safe an environment as we can provide. So by all of us wearing masks, by paying increased attention to testing, as you know, we test everybody who's on campus every week. That'll, that will allow us to find people who may be asymptomatic. We are still relying on our employees to tell us if they don't feel well and not to come to the school if they're not feeling well. And we are encouraging um, everyone to be vaccinated. That is the, the best way for us to uh, go after any variant, Delta, Lambda, Gamma. Um, look, at the virus is, is smarter is pretty smart. And what it does is it, it changes. It changes its, its stripes. It, be, it becomes a variant because it wants to live. All of us can do those things, wear a mask, get tested, get vaccinated to stop the transmission. We've done fairly well in Massachusetts. We've done very well as a medical school community, but all of us need to pitch in um, and do those three things in order for us to keep the most safe environment. Right. Yeah. And so we mentioned students and many faculty and, and researchers are on campus. Uh, for some of those listening, if they were to come to campus, what would they see? What would they feel? What, what's going on? Give us a picture. 
Well, it's a, there, there's a hubbub of activity around it's here. It's a bit like of a mess. You, right you haven't now. seen it. It's a bit of a mess. <laughs> uh, as you know, we're completing the construction of our, our new VA outpatient center that will be opening later, uh, early this fall, in a, in a month or two. Um, and we're in the midst of blasting uh, to create the foundation space for our new research building. So at 10 and 2, every day there's a boom. And uh, a few days it's been a little louder than a boom. And uh, But it's very impressive to watch the, uh, the digger team go from the deep part of the hole to the middle part of the hole to the top part of the hole and then for it to get out and go into the dump truck. And we're rolling all this... Uh, uh, all this material off to a safe site off campus. Um, we have a tremendous sense of community on the campus. Uh, it's always, as you mentioned earlier, it's always invigorating for us to have the students back. And, um, you know, you can just imagine um, these students have really spent a large part of their life getting prepared for medical school, doing well in at their universities, many having post-university experiences and then taking the tests and now they get to show up. So there's, and, and so the faculty, we all feed off that great excitement. Um, there's this feeling of excellence on the campus, right? We just aspire to be excellent. And I think we're also quite hopeful. Um, you know, it's hard not to be feeling hopeful. If you look at what's happened to the world with this pandemic, it really cries for the health sciences moment, right? For us to be involved in education and research and clinical care. And so we feel quite, you know, at the, at the forefront of efforts to make our world a safer place. So as you, all of that together, it's a, it, there's a fairly vibrant feel to things. Yeah, it, it's such a change from the disruption of the last 18 months. And, and while parts of that disruption from the pandemic might be lasting, many have abated. and. And when you think about like the lesson, what has stayed with you? What's, what do you reflect on about what we've all gone through? Well, it's certainly been um, an extraordinarily difficult time for many, particularly those who lost family members or who had family members or friends that were sick and now might have some of the long haul uh, symptoms. So I, I, I'm very mindful that for those of us who haven't had those problems, it's been a major disruption. But for those who have been personally affected, it's been, you know, a very, very difficult time. That said, um, being part of this community, you see wonderful things. You saw so many research labs go into research on COVID. You saw students, uh, you know, making hand sanitizer and being out in the community. We then created the vaccine core and have nearly vaccinated 100,000 people, all with volunteers across the Commonwealth. Um, uh, I can tell you that uh, it had been a long time since I had given anybody a needle, but it was an incredibly fulfilling experience to participate at the Worcester State vaccine site and to give vaccines to people. I, can, I still can see this young 20-ish woman pushing her grandmother. And when they got to my station, um, the grandmother had a tear coming out of her eyes. And I looked at her and I said, are you okay? I thought she was like afraid of getting the shot. And she, I said, are you okay? She goes, I'm not afraid, but I know now in a month I can hug my granddaughter again. And then I looked at the granddaughter and she was sort of filling with emotion when she heard this from her grandmother. And after I gave the grandmother the vaccine, in a moment of 
you know, just complete let it go. The granddaughter screams, my grandmother was just vaccinated. And everybody at the VAC site cheered. There was that feeling. And it was an amazing feeling of all of us coming together to do something good, each helping each other. I, I can remember, you know, I'm, I'm getting older, but I can remember, you know, sitting in the desk in grammar school and drinking the polio vaccine. I'm sure that in the current generations, they're going to remember these experiences. And for us to be at the forefront of that, we now have people continuing to go out to the community to reach those that are um, disadvantaged in many ways, whether they're homebound or homeless or uh, in just in need of a little extra help. And it's been wonderful to see um, our folks get together. And, uh, and, and as the leader of the institution, it's extremely encouraging. And so you've talked, you've shared a little bit of the personal side, but I want to back up and explain the UMass Medical School Vaccine Corps. That's really what you're describing. Right. So ex explain that germ of an idea and how it has grown. Well, uh, I, so many of, of the young people talked to me at the beginning part of the uh, uh, pandemic and said, you know, I'm kind of sitting home watching TV. I think we could be more engaged. So we came up with this idea of actually formalizing a core of folks who would volunteer in all aspects of the vaccine effort. And so we created a, uh, a UMass uh, Medical School Vaccine Corps. We had over 7,000 volunteers. We received over $500,000 in very generous support from people who heard about what we were going to do. And then these folks got together. We worked closely with the city of Worcester, uh, with other communities across central Massachusetts and beyond. And we just started the business of, uh, of helping to vaccinate people. And uh, we had you know, a very generous donation from, uh, um, from the Wagner Motors that gave us a van so we could drive out to where people needed to be. And we have the van at, at site. So it's been uh, you know, kind of a, a, a total university effort. You know, 7,000 people mm -hmm. volunteering. And when at the site, uh, the, the sort of large site at Worcester, um, you know, we were vaccinating two to 4,000 people a day. That took a lot of volunteers, you know, to help with the parking, to sign people in, to get people to the vaccine site, to vaccinate them, and then to, uh, you know, monitor their them post-vaccine. So it was an extraordinary effort of really wonderful, committed people it just felt so good, and, and it felt that we could just do something so positive. It just, it, it's, you know, behind every dark cloud, there's some silver lining. This was for us. It's then. funny. I was just thinking about a meteorology metaphor, mm. too. And, and like when the when the clouds clear, like mm. they have now, and so many people are vaccinated, it's sometimes hard to remember that feeling mm. of fear or mm -hmm. trepidation or whatever it was. And that large-scale vaccine site that was at Worcester State, managed with the help of Commonwealth Medicine and St. Vincent Hospital, really made such a difference in our community. Indeed. And, and uh, you know, isn't it wonderful to have partners like that? Um, you know, St. Vincent stepped up, and then the Commonwealth Medicine people did all the logistics work and mm -hmm. made sure that the thing could work day in and day out. And then so many of our students rallied and taught other people how to give vaccines. It was just really... And, and a great interprofessional effort where um, our nursing students, um, you know, know how to do injections. Yes. And they taught our medical students and reviewed for those of us who hadn't done it for a while how we should do it. And it really was 
a, a really wonderful effort. And I look forward to seeing how that uh, vaccine core will be deployed in the future, whether it's for flu shots or COVID boosters or any need that our community may have. We might be back at it uh, sooner than you realize. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, so at this moment, the the rankings. You know, we have mixed feelings about rankings, but for UMass Medical School, they really have hardly been stronger. Yeah, um, you know, I I say all the time that rankings don't really mean anything unless, of course, you're. Tenth in the country in primary care education, which we are. Um, we've now moved to 21st in the nation in NIH support. We're eighth among public universities in the entire country and second in New England, only to Yale. And, um, you know, we, we we're so fortunate to have such a talented faculty that at, U, at the medical school, we have more NIH funding than 26 entire states. And one reason that's so impressive is because research funding from the National Institutes of Health is a meritocracy. Totally. If ever there were one, totally. right? And and clearly our our faculty, you know, they are so talented in in attracting support. In fact, one of our faculty members received nearly two hundred million dollars of funding was COVID related. Uh, but it was the, the NIH director had been here a year ago, was so impressed by what he saw when they were creating these regional collaborations, he came to UMass to ask for such support. Dave McManus, our chair of medicine, received that grant. So it just, it shows you that, you know, we've been creating this for quite a bit of time now, laying the foundation for this, increasing our uh, research portfolio, hiring outstanding faculty members, attracting the finest students. Um, so I will say I'm not surprised, but I am very pleased that we've been in a position now to have this extent of funding and the, and the fact that we're able to attract funding for, you know, we are going to change the course of history of disease. That's just what we're committed to doing. One of the new buildings that we're building is, is, is geared towards bringing together so many different folks, our neuroscientists and neurobiologists, our gene therapy folks, our molecular medicine colleagues, bring, put them together into a, into a building and see how we can actually um, deal with single gene defect diseases and other genetic um, and other genetic you know patient conditions uh, we're, we're going to be creating a new human genetics um, and uh, uh, group of, of, of colleagues so it's just a um, it's really a spectacular moment and and uh, there's you just sense it everywhere on the campus when, when we recruit a faculty member now we're seeing the top people in the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, and where we're able to recruit them. Our medical school, nursing school, and graduate school classes are, are among the most competitive that exist anywhere in the nation. It's a very special time for the medical school. And at this time in science, the pace of discovery, too, is really almost mind-boggling how quickly things can be discovered. I, we only have a minute left, but I don't want to let you go without touching on one other priority that is in the Impact 2025 strategic plan revolves around health equity and diversity. You, Provost Flott, senior leaders are investing millions in a range of diversity initiatives. And I just want you to be able to share your hope, your thinking behind some of those investments briefly. Well, God knows the pandemic was a challenge, but I think when you stand back and you recognize the challenges with racism in our nation, the fact that the pandemic did another thing. It kind of brought to the fore the inequity in the healthcare system, the uh, disparities that exist among um, uh, many of our, our minority populations. So we've actually 
you know, we had been building a foundation of, of, of folks who could work in the health equity and disparities area. We've now put all of those together. We've created a new position that uh, Milagros Rizal is now in for as, as vice provost for health equity. We've recruited new leadership in Marlena Duncan in our diversity um, uh, office. And we're, we're investing, uh, you know, millions of dollars now to recruit more diverse classes, to be sure we're more present to diverse communities, to be sure that we can address some of the inequities that, that exist, and that as a, as a campus community, we can be front and center assuring that um, diversity is always part of our mind. Diversity is not the diversity's office responsibilities, everybody's responsibility. And um, given the talent that exists in our faculty, our ability to address inequities and disparities is something we thought merited uh, increased investment. And we're quite excited, excited about the prospects of this into the future. I don't want to rush that. Such an important answer, such an important topic. People who are interested in learning a bit more can look at umassmed.edu slash diversity in action if you want to read about some of those investments. And Chancellor, happy first day of school. Thank you. <laughs> it's a delight to talk to you Thank again. Thank you. Always great to be together. Thank you for listening to the Voices of UMass Med. I'm Jennifer Berryman. We hope you will subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, you can find every episode from our first three seasons on the UMass Medical School website, umassmed.edu news voices. Keep up to date with everything happening at UMass Medical School by following us on Facebook at UMass Med, on Twitter at UMass Medical, and on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School.